Again, it's Mother's Day, and when we think about moms, we tend to think about moms that are kind and patient and loving and brave and forgiving and encouraging. And one picture that we have of moms is something like this, this picture here, a picture of the compassionate mom, the compassionate mom who nurtures her uh, child, the compassionate mom nurtures her child because she wants her child to thrive. Now, there's another picture of moms that maybe we sometimes forget on days like this. It's a different kind of picture. Um, it's a picture of the mama bear, okay? What does the mama bear do? The mama bear protects. Um, I will eat your face if you mess with my cub. I love it, <laughs> that's great. Uh, she protects because she wants her child to thrive. Um, you don't want to be on the receiving end of a mama bear, but if you are a cub of a mama bear, it's kind of nice. Um, think about it now. The mom who nurtures and the mom who protects, they have the same motivation. It's compassion for their child. The compassionate mom will nurture her kids. The compassionate mom will protect her kids. Why? Because she wants her kids to thrive. Scripture this morning comes from Exodus chapter 2. Uh, Exodus, if you want to turn there, it's the second book of the Bible. Um, this is the story of the birth of Moses. Moses, the one who would lead the Israelites out of slavery, uh, led them out of Egypt. And in the story of Moses' birth, there are three women who show compassion to Moses. And without their compassion, Moses would not have survived. Um, our scripture reader this morning is Seth Duke. So, Seth, if you can make your way up to the podium here. And as he does, I'm going to ask if you're able, please stand and face the center of the room. We uh, read the center of the room, from the center of the room to remind us that scripture should be central in our lives. And we stand because we believe that this is the word of God. And so, Seth, whenever you are ready, please read from Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went, and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Seth, thank you very much. You may be seated. Now, moms, moms understand a lot. They understand things that the rest of us don't. Um, you know, moms understand that going to the bathroom in private 
is a rare gift. Uh, moms understand that you can have kids or a hot meal, but not both. Um, moms understand that an unsupervised toddler can do more in one minute than most adults do all day. Um, moms understand why some animals eat their young. Um, moms understand that silence isn't golden, it's suspicious. Um, moms understanding, understand that there is no irony in yelling at your kids, stop screaming. Um, and moms understand that the house is clean on Mother's Day because they spent all day yesterday cleaning it. Um, but when it comes to compassion, it's not simply that moms understand compassion, because let's be honest, not all moms understand compassion, but moms are literally the embodiment of compassion. See, compassion is more than a feeling. Empathy is relating to someone's suffering. Empathy is a, something you feel. Compassion. Compassion is being driven to do something about someone's suffering. In verse 6 in the passage that we just read, when it says that Pharaoh's daughter uh, felt sorry for him in talking about Moses, another way you can translate that phrase is simply had compassion for him. When she saw the crying baby, she was compelled to do something. Um, to alleviate his suffering. And suffering, let's just make that very simple, suffering is simply an unmet need. Uh, and so to make sure that the baby would survive, Pharaoh's daughter met an unmet need. That is compassion. Compassion is necessary for life. Compassion is necessary for life. And a mom is the embodiment of compassion. Let me explain what I mean by that. In pregnancy, life begins at conception, but it takes more than conception for the embryo to live. The embryo needs to be nourished. It needs to be protected. The embryo needs to experience compassion. And without getting too graphic, the embryo's very first experience of compassion is when it adheres to the wall of a woman's uterus. That's called implantation. It happens within 10 days of conception. And after implantation, the embryo can be nourished, protected, and grow. If implantation does not happen, the embryo dies. 40% of the time, Implantation does not happen, and the embryo dies. All of us are here because we are a part of the 60% who received that very first form of compassion that moms embody. Our moms were the first ones who gave us what we needed to live. And there have been countless times that we've needed the compassion of our moms, our dads, or someone else in order to survive, in order to live, in order to thrive. Compassion, it's necessary for life. And if the women in the story that we just read do not show compassion for Moses, Moses doesn't survive. It's really quite that simple. Moses' mom and sister and adopted mom all gave Moses the compassion he needed to live. They illustrate the compassion God gives us to survive and thrive every day. 
beginning with Moses' mom. Exodus 6 tells us that her name was Jochebed. Jochebed represents a compassion that is resourceful. Going back to the first three verses of the passage where it says, Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. And then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. Now, in Exodus chapter 1, Pharaoh and the Egyptians are worried about the Israelites living in their land. They are becoming too numerous. And so they make them slaves and force them into harsh labor. And that doesn't work. And the Israelites keep growing. And so Pharaoh then instructs the midwives to kill every newborn Hebrew boy. And that doesn't work. And so finally, Pharaoh gives this command. Exodus 1, the last, Exodus chapter 1, the last verse. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all of his people. Every Hebrew boy that is born you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. Now, some translations simply say every boy, not necessarily every Hebrew boy. Uh, that's a discussion for another time. Hebrew boys are to be thrown into the Nile. And Jochebed has a son, and she sees that he is a fine child. Now, let's be honest. Most mothers think that their newborns are fine children, all right? All of our children are special. But the text indicates that there is something different about Moses. Uh, one Jewish sage says that when Moses was born, the house was filled with light. Now, I don't know about that, but there was something different about Moses. And so she hides him for three months. Now, in order to hide a baby for three months, that would take some doing. First of all, jo Jochebed was pregnant. Everybody saw that, okay? And the Egyptians are intentionally looking for newborn Hebrew boys. Hiding him would require some ingenuity. Then, when she can hide him no longer, she does something clever. Pharaoh dictated that all boys be thrown into the Nile. So Jochebed throws him into the Nile <laughs> in a papyrus basket. She technically followed the command of Pharaoh. She just did it in a resourceful way. And her resourcefulness, whether it was when she was hiding him or when she followed Pharaoh's command, <laughs> was an expression of compassion. Jochebed was compelled to keep the boy alive. Now Jesus said in Matthew 6, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. The good news is that God's compassion drives him to provide for us. And God is resourceful in his provision. You know, he could provide all of us with food in the form of bread from heaven. He could bring water to us in, from rocks. He's done all that before. 
But God is resourceful. And so he uses us. He uses us to provide food and water and clothes and shelter for each other. From production to distribution, think about how, God, how complex God's system is to provide for the basic needs of billions of people every day. God is a God of compassion. And in amazingly complex ways, he provides for each one of us. His compassion makes him resourceful. And without it, we would not be able to survive or thrive. After Jochebed places Moses in the Nile, Moses' sister Miriam has compassion on him. She is compelled to watch over him. She doesn't just want to see what will happen. This isn't a watching over of curiosity. She wants to make sure that he will be okay. Going back to the passage in verse 4, where it simply says, his sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. We watch over the things in our lives that matter to us. We um, check in on them to make sure that they are doing okay. We watch over our children. We watch over our finances. We watch over our homes. We watch over our cars. We will also watch over the things that might need extra attention. Every year, I try to grow a giant pumpkin, and so from the day that I plant it to the day that I remove the pumpkin from the vine, I check it almost every day just because I, I kind of need to. And in growing giant pumpkins, you can only grow one per plant. And so once you decide which pumpkin that is on the vine that you want to keep, you get rid of all the other pumpkins and all the other flowers. And when I get to that stage, I am literally checking my plant every day because new growth pops up daily and I need to make sure that the one pumpkin I want to grow large gets all the nutrients of the plant. Moses' sister is watching over Moses and when she sees Pharaoh's daughter find Moses, she leaps into action, going back to the passage in verse 7 where it says, then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. And so the girl went and got the baby's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. Like mother, like daughter, Miriam is resourceful in offering her mom to nurse her brother. The daughter of Pharaoh is going to pay Jochebed to do something that she would have happily done for free. Now, just a quick side note here. This is where God doesn't get enough credit. Pharaoh is trying to oppress the Israelites, and the law, which epitomizes the oppression, is throwing the baby boys into the Nile. It's cruel, it's horrific. And it is the very law which results in Pharaoh's household paying to nurse the child who will deliver the Israelites out of their oppression. Pharaoh makes a law to oppress the Israelites 
And God uses that very law to initiate their freedom at Pharaoh's expense. God doesn't get enough credit for his cleverness. Now, many of us are dismayed at some of the laws that are being passed in our land or Supreme Court decisions. And hey, let's be good, active citizens and participate in our government. But please, stop worrying about it so much. Let's give God some credit, okay? There is no law that can be passed that will foil God's plans. In fact, God will use every law passed whether it's a law we agree with and like or a law that we disagree with and don't like, God will use every one to accomplish what God wants to accomplish. Okay? All right. Back to compassion. Miriam watches over Moses and seizes the opportunity to do what is best for Moses. That is what God does. God is watching over you and will seize every opportunity to do what is best for you. Jesus said that even the very hairs on our heads are numbered. That's how close God watches over us. Psalm 121 says, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. God's compassion drives him to keep watch over us. Not as a big brother spying on us, but more like an older sister looking out for us. The third woman to show Moses compassion is Pharaoh's daughter, and she ends up adopting Moses as her own son. She receives him as her own. Pharaoh said, throw him into the Nile. Pharaoh's daughter draws him out of the Nile. Going back to the passage one more time, going to verse 5, where it says, Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank, and she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. And she opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Jumping down to verse 9. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. And so the woman took the baby and nursed him. And when the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Now in this story, Moses literally floated into the life of Pharaoh's daughter. And she was compelled to take him in when she saw him and heard him crying. Now parents who adopt children are amazing to me because parents who adopt children today um, don't just have the children float up to them. That's not how it works. Adoptive parents today have to seek 
their children out. They have to go through what can be a very long and drawn-out process. And it takes great determination just to be able to adopt a child today. And once that is all done, adopting parents face a whole different set of challenges than the rest of us. Adopting parents have a whole different level, whole new level of compassion, which is a great picture of who God is. God takes us in as his own. He adopts us. But he doesn't just adopt those who appear on his doorstep. He seeks us out. He goes through the long, drawn-out process of adopting us, which includes and included the sacrifice of his one and only son, as it says in Romans 8. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. God's compassion makes us family. Many people are afraid of God because they think God is angry. But because of Jesus, the one and only Son of God, those of us who believe in Jesus are also children of God. And we are not slaves who live in fear. But we are children who call God Abba. Now, I was once on a plane flying somewhere, um, and sitting next to me was an Orthodox Jewish man, and his family was on the plane, and his young children would come up to him, and they would say to him, Abba, 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 sort of like how our children might call their fathers, Daddy, 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 Daddy. That's the relationship God has adopted us into. There is no life without compassion, and that has been true since before we were born. And we can do a couple things with this truth. We can identify those that we can show compassion to. How could you use your resourcefulness and resources to show compassion? How could you watch over someone else? Or who is someone you could adopt to show compassion to? But there's another takeaway from there is no life without compassion. And that is to recognize the fact that because you are even still alive, that is a sign of God's compassion to you. Because without God's compassion, you would not be alive. And with humility, we need to acknowledge how we experience God's compassion. And maybe some of you are in a place today that you need to experience God's compassion in a new, fresh, tangible way. How do you need to experience God's resourcefulness? Or how do you need to experience God watching over you? Or how do you need to experience God receiving you as his own. God is compassionate to us because we matter to him 
And God is compassionate to us because we need his compassion to survive and thrive. And like any good mother, that's exactly what God wants us to do. All God is expecting from us is for us to humble ourselves so that we can receive his compassion. Please pray with me. And Lord, we do thank you for all the different ways that your compassion allows us to live and thrive. And I would ask that you would um, show yourself to each person here in the unique way that they need to experience your love and grace and mercy uh, today. Lord, we thank you for your ongoing compassion to us. Lord, help us pass that same compassion on to others. But Lord, help us humble ourselves to receive your goodness and mercy that you have to offer to us. And it's in our Savior's name we pray. Amen. Receive God's blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.